your voice out of here. Yeah, that's right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, a podcast so anxious to get started that we lost 47 to 3. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. Yeah, there's no good intro here. I mean, like, uh, it's the 2018 season is over. um, I seriously considered, I posted on Facebook the, it might be too soon to judge, but this team might be terrible. I posted that about 10 minutes into the game. I was this close to posting uh yeah maybe next year question mark <laughs> I, I really considered it mny question mark yeah, yeah. Um, my daughter had wanted to watch dora and and her mother and then i even said like look daddy's special football game is on he's very excited to watch it so daddy's gonna watch it on the tv and about 15 minutes in i like no thankfully my daughter had done something else because i had no argument anymore about <laughs> why we weren't watching dora um so she actually invited me to paint we and i posted on twitter because as twitter followers know um, I was filling in and I painted a sad face and wrote bills and we, you know, painted on the floor as I kind of watched Josh Allen. Um, I don't know, do the Josh Allen thing. Uh, it, that, that's not even quarterbacks paint the ground with themselves, <laughs> with the blood of innocent people. Um, yeah. look, it's 47 to three is your final score. Um, by the score, it is the second worst Bills loss in Buffalo Bills history in in 50 plus years of history. Um, I would like to, and, and this is my first question for you, I'd like to say that since the biggest differential score uh, was that 56 to 10 New England blowout on Monday night where Andrea Kramer absolutely eye-fucked uh, Tom Brady <laughs> during the interview, um, that actually this is the worst Bills lost in history as far as I'm concerned because the Patriots kind of put tons and tons of points on lots of people that year and even though by the numbers it's a little bit more scoring differential um this Ravens no, team this year could go and could go eight and eight like right this Ravens team could finish seven and nine and no one would be that surprised um <laughs> like it that'd be a little surprising but like no one in Baltimore is going to be like, I never thought that could happen. Um, yeah. yeah. The Baltimore team is, you know, I'm not prepared to call them, you know, uh, Super Bowl contenders based on, on this, but Holy shit. Did they kick this? You know, I mean, they destroyed Buffalo. Uh, this is of course the first game of the year. You conceivably have extra time to prepare for your, your opponent. Um, you know, everybody's fresh. Nobody is newly injured. Um, you started the quarterback you wanted to start, right? You got your defensive play, like everything. Allegedly, all your ducks were in a row going into this game. Uh, and Scott, why don't you give us your impressions of the the Bills Ducks? Um, yeah, and just just FYI, seven nothing Cincinnati over the Ravens right now. Already, right? Like so, five minutes in. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> we're off to a good start. No, I think uh, you know it's kind of tough. I think I don't I again it's hard for me to draw too many conclusions about one game but at the same time it does seem like there's a lack of leadership on the team certainly on offense at this point it doesn't seem like anyone's really willing to like go out there and like who is the guy in the huddle who is like saying hey Let's get our act together because we look like a flaming pile of refuse right now. And right. I don't know. Last year it was Eric Wood. Yeah. Um, with Richie Incognito right next to him. This year, 
I don't know who that is. It's certainly not Nathan Peterman. Um, as much as I'm sure he's a leader in the QB room um, of three guys, now down to two. Um, right. And as much as, you know, uh, no one on the, no, I mean, it's McCoy's the senior guy, but, you know, I don't, they, last year there was talk about him being a little bit of a leader, but he wasn't, you know, putting his head down and charging in. That's never been his style is to like run guys over to shake people up. Like, right. It's, you know, he's a guy who's, you know, who's, he's a really good back, but we've never seen him like assert his will on a game kind of in the way that a running back sometimes can, or at least he, he certainly didn't do it on Sunday. No. And maybe, maybe that's just where we are right now with this team that he's just kind of looking around and saying, I don't, I don't know what we got here, guys. Yeah. Um, but that's, so that's, that's a big problem. I mean, they're just, the bleeding was coming from everywhere on Sunday and no one knew where to stop it on off. Yeah. McCoy is like, um, he is like Hawkeye on the Avengers, right? Like yeah. he is really good when the team's humming along. He's a great team player. I don't have any problems with LaShawn McCoy or Hawkeye, but there was no Captain America. And so when yeah. Thanos has got everybody's ass beat, okay, <laughs> like, you know, Cap is the guy who at least grabs the gauntlet and pushes it back a little. And Thanos has to go, really? Like, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there was there there was nobody on the field that did that. Um, and and you know, and uh, that's just probably not McCoy, right? McCoy is like, well, they've only given me the ball like seven times, to be honest. And yep. and <laughs> that went literally nowhere, and we're down a thousand already. So. Uh, I guess I'm not playing today, right? And so he was he was removed from the game plan within really like by the time the the yeah the no, second I mean, quarter started, he wasn't even a factor. So yeah, we were down uh, twenty six nothing at halftime. That's not right. I mean, had it gotten a first down, I mean, which so, you couldn't, which you wouldn't have known if you had just watched the Bills' offense, which casually dumped <laughs> off the ball, uh, going into halftime to just you know. Just, you know, go back and regroup as opposed to, I don't know, the game is over. Let's just throw into the end zone and see if we can, you know. We got this. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> right so, where we want them. Yeah. So the offense, you know, what can you say? I mean, it's a train wreck. It was no first downs. You know, it was impossible to watch. It was, you know, Peterman was terrible. The run game was terrible. The line was terrible. The receivers were terrible. You know, the punter muffed the punt. They, mi they missed a field goal in the first half. Yeah. Um, you know, the, and then, so let's go on to the defense. The defense, um, you know, they stopped them a couple of times. <laughs> the Ravens didn't score on every drive. Right. As I was telling the guys in the office on Monday, and there's actually a couple of Bills fans handing around the offense, and uh, it was like, you know, we were really in that game. If we scored six more touchdowns, or if we had stopped them from scoring as many touchdowns as they did, right. it would have been right there. So, you know, it's just, again, the, the defense, I'm, I'm concerned. So offense, you want, I can say there's no talent. So that's problem one. Yeah. Problem two is there's also no leadership. So no one, no one can say, like, let's at least play like NFL players today. Let's let's put a replacement level effort out there and not right. embarrass the franchise. On the defense, there is more talent, but they don't. I don't. I, I there's less of an explanation for me for that. Yeah, happened to the defense on something. Yeah, I, I mean the weird thing is I think you can single out one or two players and say like. 
they kind of played well. Like, you know, Tremaine Edmonds. Edwards for, yeah, like Edmonds had a, a, a kind of good day for a rookie linebacker who was thrown into the starting role and played every snap, like the youngest guy to play every snap uh, or, or that many snaps in the game um, in, in the NFL and, uh, you know, had a turnover, had some good tackles. Um, you know, but then you look at like, I re- you know what I thought about before the game started? I said, you know, we went the whole preseason and didn't say the name Stardalatulale. I like, we didn't talk about him at all this preseason on the podcast. And if it wasn't for the fact that it, the sentence, what did Stardalatulale do this week? Um, we, w- I wouldn't be saying his name now. Um, he's, so he's a black hole, not in the sense that he draws people to him. It's just that like, you can't see him. Right. Much out. like a black hole. It's theorized that it's a wormhole to the other side of the universe, which <laughs> seemed to be how the football traveled when the, when the Ravens had it, they literally went into the black hole and popped out in the end zone. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> routinely scored seven points. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, yeah, go ahead. Let me just, let me just get you your, your numbers here really quickly. Joe Flacco, 25 of 34 for 236 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, and he only stopped because they put Lamar Jackson in. Um, and he's on the bench five minutes into the second half. Right, because they're playing Thursday night against the bank. They're playing as we speak against the Bengals. And so, you know, they got in there and basically um, he threw as many attempts. Let's see, 20, 33. He threw more attempts in about a half of football than the Bills did the entire game. Peterman had 18 attempts and Allen had 15. I suppose that doesn't count the six sacks between them, uh, which would have also been attempts. Um, yeah, and they, they didn't do, I mean, the rushing game wasn't particularly good, but they didn't for Baltimore, but they didn't particularly need it. They had already, they were just way ahead, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, if you want to say that Starla Tulele's job is to, eat tackles or eat eat linemen and then let the, the linebackers run free to stop the defense. If you want to say that plan worked, great. Okay. But nobody cares when you're right. when you're getting your when the secondary is being sliced apart and there's no pass rush. Right. Like I think there were about three times when we had a pass rush and and at at no time did it actually get home. This is bad. He's not on the stat sheet. I mean he's not on a in the Yahoo stat sheet, he doesn't have a solo or assisted tackle. Yeah, he doesn't not. have a sack and or anything. And that's just that's, it, it's, yeah, pathetic for a guy who was signed within a couple of hours of the free agency window opening, and this team was kind of desperate to get him. Now, they could have broke the bank and spent more money on a defensive tackle than him. I don't want to say he was the best one available, but he was certainly good enough and is getting paid like a guy who's meant to make a difference. And I mean, agreed. It was gross. Agreed. It was a, just a gross effort all around. No, and 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 just not only him. Obviously, you know the the list of of you know the the the, the story is is that success has many fathers and failure has none. Um, <laughs> but in in this particular case, there are many failures. So many failures. Trent Murphy, thanks for playing with your half sack. That that really that really helped out. <laughs> That he's he's really uh, that's so much really helpful, Trent. Thanks a lot. Right. Well, I'm glad. You, well, he's probably shaking off the rust from his you know com, you know preseason where he didn't play at all. But um, let's just say I'm not sure I saw a lot out of him on Sunday to make me feel better. Uh, Philip Gaines, thanks for playing. Wrong Gaines, right? We got <laughs> it. Was I mean should have kept I, Ernest Gaines or uh, 
<laughs> pretty much anybody. Yeah. Um, the, the, I was, I was concerned when I was like, it was, we had gotten them into the second and 26 after I think a, a, a loss and then a, a loss of a run and then a holding call or something. And I was like, all right, well, here's where we can stop him on the first drive. And Flacco drops back and no one's within five yards of him from the pass rush. Like the, yeah. there's no, no, no thing at all. Um, and he just kind of stands back there and Philip Gaines just completely loses his man. Like literally right. like he's never played cornerback before. And the guy's five yards from anybody by the time Flacco gets him the wall and it's an easy first down. And I'm like, Oh, we didn't, we didn't even make him go two downs. They just right. got seven yards on one down. And uh, that was a bad sign. And then of course he got, he completely lost it on one of the touchdowns later. So, uh, so if Philip Gaines is in there and he's terrible, Vontae Davis, again, already torched in the preseason. Did did he, I'm not sure. Did he even play? No, Vontae Davis was inactive. He's inactive day. on on Sunday. Right. So yeah, think about That's, that. Um, right, like inactive. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing if you're Chris Ivory and like you're. It's not even one thing. It's also terrible that Chris Ivory like. The, what we spend on him is like the third running back on the team. Um, but like Vontae Davis can't even get on the field. Yes. It's, and this team gave up 47 points. <laughs> it's, it's, it's again, McDermott, this is his like calling card. Like he's the defensive guy. Like yeah. He is, he's, this is supposed to be the specialty. If you want to say like Dayball's figuring out a new offense and they've been investing on defense because they knew, you know, Allen was going to be the savior at some point and this year was just going to, this is the eat the dead money year and we have to stay competitive just by playing defense and winning game 7 3, you know, in a version of what we did last year. <laughs> 47 uh, to 3. <laughs> they almost got it. <laughs> yeah. They got the 7 yeah. and the 3 the, right. <laughs> Again, it's just the 40 points that was the problem. Right. Um, otherwise, it would have been right there. So, you know, again, like it is one game. You, you don't want to overreact too much. But at the same time, like all the trend lines are in the wrong direction. Yeah. Right now with this team. And and then and then that's I mean, we, we probably haven't spent more than 30 seconds talking about the quarterbacks. No, well, we're going to gonna, we're going to. That's going to be the podcast today. Yeah. Once we're done with this, that's going to be the podcast today. Josh Allen was your fantasy points per game leader, by the way, with 5.56. Zay Jones, your leading receiver for the day as well for the Buffalo Bills. Um, For a guy who I didn't think had a catch in the first half, (laughs) finished with uh, three catches, was it? Three, yeah. Catches for 26 yards. And his Um, mama was giving the business to Kelvin. Do you hear that? Well, I did hear about that. Kelvin Benjamin, one catch for how many Uh, targets? Ten targets? We didn't even put him on the list of... One catch for seven targets. Uh, Routinely questioned for his effort by everybody except for Sean McDermott, at least in public. Zay Jones only targeted six times. Yeah, Zay Jones, Logan Thomas, Jason Kroom, Andre Holmes, and then we get to Kelvin Benjamin, who apparently doesn't know where to line up on the field uh, in a contract year. So I don't know what to tell you. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of candidates for fifty third for hundred and six star uh, today. Yeah, we get the three stars. Yeah, no, this was a depressing. Uh, this was uh, we didn't say, and I'm I'm sure listeners remember, but Paul is in Spain. Uh, good good one to be in Spain for. Excellent choice. Ex- much better choice than my choice. And, and um, please please Paul, if you if you see this team, feel free to stay in Spain. Yeah, don't right. Hurry, don't hurry back. There's nothing to see here. Please go up on your go. Who go could score more, Real Madrid or Buffalo? 
<laughs> against right Real Madrid versus the Baltimore's best soccer team. I mean, uh, could they score? I mean, they would probably score three goals, right? You would, uh, yeah, they're definitely yeah. going to score three. Yeah, but could no, they score? They couldn't score forty-eight though. They couldn't score. They could <sighs> probably not. I mean, at tough. some point, at some point, the the Baltimore soccer team just kind of lines up guys in front of the net and just yeah. tries to just you know kind of play pinball. Right. You know, for a while. Uh, we also just it, the answer. I don't know this answer right now because Paul has not sent us audio from Spain. He has been invited to send us audio from Spain. Um, which at this point would be featured at the end of the podcast if we have it. But at the, as of this recording, he's not sent it. I've told him, you know, he's six hours ahead, so he'll be awake while I am asleep. And if he gets it to me in the morning, I'll include it. If not, then um, Paul will have to just uh, not have thoughts. 14 nothing Bengals. 14, right? Well, there you go. I mean, let's be let's let's be honest. Um this is the bills this. are really look the bills are we're, really and crazy. and we're a laughing stock i mean that's that's where we yeah are. i mean it was funny because there was a lot of like i don't know if we'll be the worst team in the league and it's not really fair that football outsiders has said this about us and they did nothing to to uh diminish to, any of that finish any of that if anything else they became a national they've been a national story this week based on how badly they were beat and then of course how they handled the quarterback so Let's do this. Let's Scott. Can you give us your best attempt at three stars? And um, we will then then we will get into our quarterback uh, discussion. Yeah, we'll 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 do a quick version of three stars here. Um, you know, yeah, no no bills made the list. Needless to say, again, plenty of opportunities. You know, if you wanted to give a Bills honorable mention, you wouldn't give anyone on the Bills honorable mention because honorable mention is not what they would deserve. But the closest guy to getting honorable mention, I'm going to give that to Marcus Murphy, who who appeared to care about what was going on in the field on Sunday. Okay, and did not massively fuck up. So he gets he gets <laughs> he gets close. Um, six, six carries for 31 yards uh, and a long of nine, and and some kickoff and, returns. If I yes, yes. Uh, let me try to get those for you too. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, Marcus Murphy five returns for 165 yards. One punt return for nine yards. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so moving on to people who deserve stars, uh, I'm going to give your uh, third star. You know, you look at the Ravens, and it's it was they they didn't really have to do much because half their starters were on the bench by the second half. But so anyway, I will give your third. Oh, you there? Hey, Scott. Uh oh! Oh no! There you are. Okay, yeah, your third star. Okay. The third star yes. is going to be. Uh, oh, I just had it. It was what's his name? I know his name. His name is. Uh, I'm just going to give it to Michael Crabtree. I don't really sure. care. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the Baltimore receivers, all of whom had He's no problem separating from any of all of the. Yeah. Uh, you know, John Brown, Willie Sneed. None of them seem to have much trouble separating from the Bills quarterbacks at all on Sunday. So they, you know, and they were, you know, as often essential in scoring three touchdowns. I'll give it to Crabtree just because, yeah, again, who cares? He had a touchdown, um, 38 yards. Sounds good. Yeah, that's fine. And then uh, your second star, Joe Flacco, uh, 25 of 34, 236 yards, three TDs. Uh, you know, did get sacked that one time. So there's that. Mm -hmm. We got to him that one time. 
Um, didn't get the ball out fast enough, I guess. And then, uh, yeah, but QBR 85.3. Nice day at the office for Joe. Not looking as good tonight against Cincy. Not looking no. as good. Um, well, we and, all can't be Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I'm sure we'll cover. Well, yeah, we'll get to that in our uh, in other Bills quarterback, former Bills quarterback news, right? Yeah. Um, or future Bills potential could have, would have, should have, could have been Bills quarterbacks when we get to right. Sam Arnold. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> Tavon Young gets the first star for the Baltimore defense, two sacks, uh, a part of his three tackles, uh, also had a pass pass breakup um again the ravens defense you know again getting torched by cincy tonight but, but uh already you know but uh no trouble at all with the bills offense didn't didn't even really need to break, break a sweat pretty much everything was working i think so, that was i think that was one of the quotes from the baltimore players i forget who but it was basically like yeah it's great when everything's working everything that you're doing is going according to plan it's <laughs> not what you want to hear when you're in the other team so yeah good times those are your three stars. <sighs> One for each pills point of the day. Um, Nathan Peterman has started th- also three, has started three football games in his NFL career. Um, <clears throat> the first NFL football game he started, he gave up five interceptions in the first half, a historic NFL uh, terrible game. Let's, before. let's, let's say let's, you say gave up like it was something that happened to him. He threw five interceptions. Yes, I'm sorry. He threw. He was a bad quarterback and threw five interceptions, even if we say some of them were tipped and, and whatnot. Um, and was truly uh, the first time in, in less than a year, Nathan Peterman has made national headlines for all the wrong reasons twice. Um, and for many, it would have been enough that that was Nathan Peterman's one chance and, you know, give up on him. They had to start him a few weeks later against Indianapolis in the snowball game, which to me is a throwout game when it comes to stats and performance in a way, because it was so ridiculous uh, weather wise that you can't really do it uh, any sort of justice um, for what it's worth. He didn't look nearly as awful. Um, but he was concussed and left the game. He made a brief appearance in a playoff game that was amazingly over despite being only one score. Uh, they couldn't get the damn ball in the end zone. Um, their last, t- by the way, who has Buffalo's last touchdown? Do you know this last passing touchdown or who last has Buffalo's last touchdown period? Kyle Williams. Yeah. Kyle Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle defensive tackle Kyle Williams has the Bills last touchdown. Um and then um despite all odds Nathan Peterman sticks around. Um he if we're being fair had a nice preseason uh r- reportedly had an, a very nice camp. Uh AJ McCarron gets injured. Um they don't seem to trust him. They trade AJ McCarron because they feel comfortable with Josh Allen their drafted quarterback and Nathan Peterman and Nathan Peterman in many ways goes in and has a worse game than his five interception game um, uh, from last year against the Ravens. He again is pulled out. He has not, he's started three games. He's finished none. I believe he has just enough minutes to go over one full game of NFL play. Um, Scott, let me ask you this. Is there any chance that Nathan Peterman is not an awful quarterback? Frank, I think I lost. Oh, sorry. Can you 
Do you got me? I'm asking, is there any chance that Nathan Peterman is not a terrible, terrible quarterback? Sorry, you broke up right as you got to your question. <laughs> One more time. Uh, third time, as we know, is the charm. Is there a chance that Nathan, P Nathan Peterman is not as awful as he looks at all? Or are you convinced now that this is who he is? Um, so that's an interesting question. I would say that right now he is like, they did the numbers and it's in the last like 10 years of guys who have had at least like three starts that he's like 224th out of 227 or something. Okay. His numbers. So that's, that's terrible. That's needless to say that's, that's, you know, third out of 200 plus. I think it's possible that he is in the bottom 50. If I had more of a sample size, I could see him being better than um I love Brooks Bollinger. Uh, Brooks Bollinger played at Wisconsin when I was at when I was at Wisconsin. So he'll always have a soft spot in my heart. But he mm -hmm. was not a great NFL quarterback and I could see him you know, he's in that level of like 225 on those rankings. I could see, you know, Nathan Peterman turning it around at some point and getting into that bottom 50 category, which is not saying anything because by definition, that means you still should not be at most. You should be an NFL backup at most. Right. And certainly not anymore for this team. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that we don't have anyone else to throw in other than Josh Allen, which makes it a debate. Um, if this was a team that had anything going for it, you would be looking to, you would, he would, he would be the backup and you would be looking to probably trade him to somewhere else just so he could get a fresh start because like if if the bills put him in the game on sunday against the chargers the fans would riot there would be rioting in the fan in the stands like people would be throwing things i'm pretty sure that's what the reaction would be right well buffalo is no uh, stranger to throwing things and i would fully believe that there might be a there might be riot in the chaos uh, there would be some loud booing from the home crowd when you're home, home at the home opener. Right. Yeah. And that's not a good look for anybody. No. And, and in that sense, you know, I kind of get the idea of, of maybe maybe putting Allen in if for that alone. So right. that is my stance on Peterman. I, what do you think? Do you think? No, he is I, I think he's bad. And I think that you're right, that maybe under different circumstances, he might have been able to do something less awful. Um, I think if AJ McCarron had stuck around instead of him, I don't think this game gets out of hand that way. I think AJ McCarron is proven enough that like he would have been that leader, even if he's not good. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think he wins the Ravens game for you. I just no. think they lose 24 to three or, or something gross, but not like, not like that brought us to this crisis flashpoint of, Holy mo right? Like if you if you think about them starting Nathan Peterman for the season, clearly the plan is Josh Allen needs time to learn. And that was summarily thrown out of the window, you could argue as early as 2:30 in the afternoon on Sunday. And if you lose 24 to 3, I don't think that's the case. I think Nathan Peterman struggles and it's terrible, but the defense looks good. And you say, well, it was a tough Ravens team and we're just going to roll with it. 
Road, um, road opener, young team. Road opener, young team. We have faith in Nathan, and it will that will do better, right? If he mm. scores a touchdown at all, right? Like then they're gonna do that because they don't want to start Allen. That's clearly the case. Because, I mean, first of all, whether you think he earned it or not, which um, I think is a fair question about how much something should be earned in the preseason anyway, because it's sort of all fake. But um, certainly Peterman earned it, but you know that at some point you are going to go to Josh Allen. That's why we drafted him, right? So it's only a question of when. And there was no doubt that, I mean, at minimum, four to five weeks was the minimum, I thought. Like, you'd have to have four or five terrible, terrible weeks before you'd go to him. So Nathan Peterman is like marked now you know he's got the scarlet a okay he is he is stinkola and he's got the stinkola on him and i want to talk to you about why they made the switch uh for this upcoming week in a minute because i really think that it probably has to do with two groups of people one of which is called the gm not really a group of people but a gm and the other one is probably the team um i think if Sean McDermott had his way. Nathan Peterman would be starting again. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. I do think Nathan Peterman's that bad though. I, you know, and, and even if he could have done better under a different circumstance, I, I think he's, he's a marked man now and he can get practice squad jobs somewhere maybe, but I don't, I don't foresee him ever, you know, other than injury taking the field again. And I wouldn't be surprised if in a few weeks, he's not on this team anymore um, when they can find someone to, 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 uh, I don't think McDermott's going to let him get cut. I think, you, McDermott, I don't think McDermott would go for that. Well, okay. Seems, that might be something they have to discuss. Um, seems like as much as like, I, you know, obviously like he's not technically in charge of the roster per se. Right. But it, it seems like McDermott has said too many nice things for him to get cut at this point. Right. Well, I, and that's important. And that gets to a different discussion I want to have in a minute. But before we get there, we should have the discussion we were having on Sunday afternoon when Josh yes. Allen was put in because you and I did not agree on that. And I feel like you are the visiting team on this. So you should be able to state your case or, or defer to me first, however you want it to go. <laughs> um, and there's no Paul here to like give us some bullshit middle ground. Like you and I are going to argue about this and and it it could make for entertaining podcasting. Um, Or it could just be terrible. Let's figure it out. Right. Yeah. But you you may go first or, or pass to me as you see fit. I'll, 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 I'll seize the day. Um, Okay. Let's see. (laughs) It's a bad idea because I would say that if I was to suggest this was a good idea, I would be suggesting it because Josh Allen needs to learn and uh, the team is, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. You'll have to tell me what the rest of your argument is, but I guess that's the argument is Josh Allen needs to learn. So let's put him in and Peterman's playing bad. So let's take him out. I get it. Peterman's playing bad. That's, that's a fair point. I can't dispute that. Um, putting in a guy who lost the quarterback battle that we just had, seems like that's unlikely to fix the good quarterback play. And frankly, as much bad as Peterman was, the rest of the team was so horrible. It really, I don't think it would have mattered if we had Aaron Rodgers back there on Sunday because it was just that bad. Everyone was terrible. Maybe the game would have been closer, but 
expecting Josh Allen to come in and be Aaron Rodgers is stupid. So mm-hmm. that is the, the Peterman argument. Putting Allen in there to learn, one, is pretty simple. The Baltimore defense was playing a soft zone defense and was starting to rest some of their secondary guys, you know, some of their starters on defense by the time second half started. So we're functionally in a preseason mode at that point. And if we didn't want him to get injured and we wanted to get McCarron some time so we could trade him, then it was not important enough for him to play against another preseason defense to learn. So mm-hmm. therefore I don't know why he's learning in that game. Mm-hmm. In addition, the potential risk of putting him in there is very high because we have invested a lot of the franchise in his success mm-hmm. and the gain of learning, whatever that is, is not going to be particularly great compared to the risk of playing behind that Swiss cheese offensive line. And if he gets his ACL torn in half, then he's done for the year and he doesn't learn it, learn anything the rest of the season. Um, I get that there's other, you know, we want to keep the team moving and the rest of the guys you can't just give up on. But at the same time, I don't think that any of them were particularly encouraged to see Josh Allen get sent out there as, Oh, the rookies come in to help save the day. Um, or that he's going to save the day this week. And, you know, if that means you got to cut somebody and sign a new backup quarterback or a new starting quarterback off the waiver wires this week, so be it. Uh, and yeah, that's my, uh, that's my argument. See, I like this because you've presented what I think is the best argument against it. I do think that like, if it, it, yours is a position that is understandable, even though I don't agree with it. Okay. Um, I think that the, the problem is, First of all, if you are watching Peterman, if you're there to learn like from the sidelines, I don't know what you're learning from Nathan Peterman other than like do the exact opposite. Like when Homer Simpson and his brother are on the phone, he says, I want you to call back and say the exact opposite of everything you just said. And he's, and then the guy goes, yes, I find Homer Simpson to be very smart and not at all crazy. And that's the only thing that Josh Allen is learning from the sidelines. Um, I think you're also in a position where by the time you let go of AJ McCarron, you've acknowledged that, you feel like Allen is going to come into these types of games, either if you're amazingly somehow way ahead or amazingly behind. Um, same as Lamar Jackson, right? Except the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, in that, this is the time that routinely you bring guys in. And, and if it, if you have any thought at all of keeping Peterman ready for next week, then you know what part of the job of being the backup quarterback is you got to go in on mop up duty. And like you say, it's going to be a soft zone. And, and, and so, you know, maybe there is just repetition to be done, particularly with some of the first, first team wide receivers. Um, so I think there is merit to it. And also if you're going to give him the backup job, he has to do the backup job. Um, we can have a separate discussion on whether he should have the backup job, given your, your concern about, his value to the organization. Um, the second thing is he was going to go in sometime this year. And if, you know, I, I think it was kind of a pipe dream. If, if the bills thought that they were going to make it through the season with Nathan Peterman, um, all the way through, I never believed that I believe that Nathan Peterman could be better than he was. I just never believed that he was going to be, you know, 
uh, good enough to go the whole year. And so if we're talking about the differences, okay, Josh Allen was supposed to go in when they were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs and it was time to quote unquote, get on with the future then. Well, you know what? He's got just as much risk per game um, in those meaningless games as he would in all of these meaningless games for the whole year. And if, you know, the idea was he wasn't going to play till next year. Well, I mean, I understand that there's a difference between games in a season where you think you're going to do well and, or, or trying to have your team and games where you don't expect to do well. Um, But he's going to be on some shitty teams. Like even with the cap space, they, and the new draft picks next year, I wouldn't expect a huge turnaround for this team next year. So he's going to have to start playing at some point and we can't keep him in bubble wrap forever. And so my idea is, my thought is to your argument, which is understandable with regard with regards to injury is like, you know what? He, he's it's football. He's going to be at risk for injury. And so the sooner I can find out whether he's any good or not, the sooner I can make the bigger decisions about whether I need to divest, it'll be divest from him um, or invest further in him. Um, you know, and if injury happens now, well, then injury happens now. And it was just as likely to happen later. And, you know, there's a, you just can't really, you know, predict the future. So if it's, if it's all things being equal in my mind, it's better if this is what Nathan Peterman is going to give you, even with how terrible the offense is, I would just assume have Josh Allen in there getting his ass kicked because at least he's playing football and we get some sense of the future. I, I feel like if you look at, um, and it, you know, the, the all 22 write-ups I've seen. And just from my recollection with him, he was at least hitting people in the chest with the football, whether they could hang on to it or not. And there was some evidence that Nate Peterman was holding onto the ball too long. And it wasn't really just a Swiss cheese offensive line that Nathan Peterman was really sort of like, you know, failing to get the ball out quick. So this was my feeling going into the second half. It's like, well, the future has to start sometime. So why not now? Um, And that, and I give you, give it to you for rebuttal here. Okay. So rebuttal, uh, I will take my rebuttal and I will say one 21, nothing Cincinnati. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Two, uh, defense rest your honor. Um, uh, (laughs) Objection relevance to Josh Allen. <laughs> um, two on the so here on the backup thing. Yes, they clearly should have had a better backup plan for this um, than trading away McCarron for a useless fifth round pick. And, and admittedly, we were all on board with that at the time. Um, so clearly, we're, none of us are that smart either. Um, but at the same time, I think the theory with putting the backup in is not because the backup needs to get reps. It's because the backup is less valuable than the starter. The starter usually is playing better or is better, and therefore you do not want to risk them getting injured. In this particular case, however, it was fairly clear that our actual backup is the more valuable player under pretty much any definition, including potentially being a better quarterback right now. So that 
I, I get the normal dichotomy of a backup, but I think in this particular case, it does not apply. So beyond that, in terms of, well, he needs to start learning sometime. Again, I think that's the, the fairest argument that you could make at the same point. Um, I don't know. You raise an interesting kind of sound. Sorry, if I can just go on a bit of a tangent real quickly. Sure, sure. I'm not sure that there is an amount of suck that Josh Allen would do this year that would get us to not give him a shot at it next year. Okay. Yes, I agree. So in that sense, it doesn't matter when you put him in or not next year, whether you put him in or not this year, we're not going to draft a quarterback or buy a new free agent in the offseason anyway. So we're locked into two years regardless. Okay. So on some level, it's just a question of whether or not he gets enough sense of how the game is played this year to either, you know, if he plays gangbusters and he gets you to the playoffs, great. We're all fucking idiots and I'll, I'm first in line. Um, but if not, then at least he's learning enough so that he can go into the offseason and say, holy crap, I got to get better real fast. Um, and I got to do this, this, and this. And then next season he comes in and he's 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 locked in. And he's, he's That's your big leap, the, the leap from year one to year two, kind of. So I buy that. I so, But therefore, I don't feel like there's any need to get him in there now. And again, risk all those, those problems. Um, I think the best argument that you would also have, frankly, is you know, the, the one that you kind of referenced obliquely earlier when we were just talking about the game was, you know, that you're going to lose the team if you keep pe putting Peterman out there. That literally, you know, the leadership that we're looking for is not is not going to happen because uh, you, the everyone's going to be just assuming that the, the team is essentially tanking uh, the next couple of weeks to avoid um, to avoid putting Allen at risk and therefore right. tanking the season to avoid tanking the franchise kind of long-term and being a McDermott personally. So yeah. So I, I think still that's think a more valid a, argument. Sure. I, I still think that if, if he plays healthy, which I, I mean, you can worry about being him injured, but you can also hope that he'll be healthy. I mean, and, 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 you know, it's not particularly rose colored to, or, or to, to suggest that he might make the whole gate year without, you know, sustaining a big injury. And by November of next year, he's played 20 games instead of eight games. I mean, you've got a much fuller picture going into the end of next year about like, okay, this guy is not going to cut it or this guy's got it. And we really need to get more pieces. Um, you know, like, are they going to cut bait after two years? Maybe, I don't know. That depends on what some of the other questions, but you yeah. know, the sooner we could have known, you know, about I, it's just, I, I don't know. It's I will like, I'll also say just briefly on the learning thing when the, when he's learning. Yeah, he might be learning a little from a little bit from how our quarterback's playing. He's mostly taking the mental reps and he's going through the preparation of the game plan and seeing the film as it's playing out and seeing how the defense is reacting, what his mental read would have been down on the sideline, you know, how, how he would have who he would have thrown to and whether that would have worked. He can see all that happen in real time. It's not so much watching Peterman and it's just being in an NFL system for a year and understanding the game planning and everything else. That's what he's really learning being on the bench for a year in that kind of safe environment. And then going through the practices every week to kind of understand the, you know, how we're going to attack the defense and what the throws need to be and giving day ball and the QB coach more time to fix some of the mechanical issues. That's what right. we're really hoping for here in terms of learning. So, okay. 
So I feel like that was a good discussion. And we yes. should move on to my next question, which is the <clears throat> at some point, like immediately after the game, I felt like there's no way they can start him again. And then by like the middle of Monday, I thought, you know, <clears throat> if you're going to have this terrible game and start Peterman again, this is the best time really for it. Cause you can just say like, this is the deal. This is what we're doing. Uh, it was a terrible game. We still have faith in Nathan. We feel like we can do better. Trust the process. Trust, trust the, the process, process. Right. You can just trust the process and you can move forward. And the interview on Tuesday where he not yesterday's where he announced it, but Tuesday where they, he basically didn't commit to Nathan Peterman. Um, or maybe it was Monday afternoon. I knew, right? Like to me, that said, there are discussions going on at one bill's drive because if it was up to McDermott, he knows who he wants to start now. Really? Right. By then he's seen the tape and I would like to choke him with the fucking tape if I could swear, because like the fact that he needed to, he said, I need to see the tape before he could just say, yeah, we had a terrible game. Everybody played horrible. Nathan had a, he, didn't, he couldn't even offer up. Nathan didn't have a very good game or Nathan had a bad game. And, and I need to see the tape to see really the full picture, but clearly nobody played well would have been acceptable. not there that we need a little closer, but he, again, he couldn't even give you that. Right. It would have just been nice for him to be like, yeah, there was a lot of problems and I can name a few of them just from having watched the game in person. Um, but he's like so unwilling to move off of those talking points he is a very closed coach that way and he well, has been and it's interesting too uh, just to interject briefly please the 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 derision that the announcement yesterday he had for yes. the severity of the press to ask well why did you make this decision why didn't you just this make this is my conspiracy theory, though you're you're jumping into my into my smoking gun this is my oh, girl okay. in the Sorry. polka dot no this is good this is i'm glad you picked up on it this is my girl in the polka dot dress um <clears throat> sorry i have a little cough here um so i knew on monday like somebody somewhere in that office is pushing for the change or they can't settle on the idea of how they're going to do this for the whatever and i couldn't decide is it the is it the owners who are saying you can't do this for opening day is it bean and then he comes out and he says okay josh allen is starting this week and if there's one thing that is scott mcdermott or sean mcdermott says scott oh scott mcdermott my old classmate <laughs> right Shoot Shoot McGavin, as right? usual. if sean mcdermott likes to say one thing about why he makes these decisions scott it's this he gives us the best chance to win on Sunday, right? He gives us the best chance to win the football game. This is a competition between 53 players to, for 53 spots. And I owe it to all the other players that the person who is playing is one of the best 53 because we are all about trying to win the game on Sunday. And he did not say that in his press conference, Scott. This is what he said. It's best for our football team. This is the best decision for our football team. You may think I'm parsing, but for a guy who says what he says exactly the same way all the time to be a angry, as you pointed out, there was derision in his voice and B to change what he said, that this was for the best decision for the football team makes me believe. And I have no evidence for this, obviously, but it makes me believe he doesn't want to start Josh Allen yet. He doesn't want to do this. And I think he's been made to do it. And I think he's been told in no uncertain terms, probably by Brandon Bean, by McBean or Bean, Brandon Bean, 
Jesus, they got so many names that cross over these losers. Uh, Brandon Bean, under in no uncertain terms, we've tried it your way with the fifth round quarterback three times now, and it hasn't worked, and it's awful. And I've invested a lot in this guy. It is time to play my guy. My guy is the better guy, and I think he was basically told, um, you know, if you think about it, McDermott's the guy who drafts drafts Peterman, not Bean. Bean's not there yet, right? They get rid of Tyrod Taylor because they even McDermott was anxious to get rid of Taylor because that's the first time we went to 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 um, Peterman last year was, mm -hmm. you know, Taylor had back-to-back -back awful games. And even though he wasn't really turning the ball over, he wasn't producing and they thought Peterman could do it. And Peterman is a classic works hard. Nobody has faith in him Processy, He's grit personified. If this was the nationals. Okay. He's Steve Lombardozzi. He is your, he's your uh, name, your utility infielder that keeps coming up and is the 26th man in a baseball team. Johnny hustle. Okay. Exactly. He's Johnny hustle. And there's a million freaking old timers in the stands who just gosh, darn it. Why can't he get a chance to start instead of these, you know, dad gum millionaire stars making all their money with their talent. Cause it on the sidelines, like a bunch of communists, right? Johnny hustle is there. He's America. Okay. That's Nathan Peterman. And I firmly believe that McDermott is in love with that story about Peterman. And I don't want to take that away from him. I fully believe that Peterman works that hard and he is yeah. that guy. And he's just frankly, not good enough. He, okay. If, if there were 250 NFL teams, he could start on one. He definitely could. <laughs> right. So I think that the tone from Wednesday, from yesterday, uh, and is evidence of being throwing some weight around, which is interesting because obviously McDermott brought him in. McDermott has been the lead dog and that all might change power dynamic wise, especially if Allen turns out to be good. They'll both get credit for it, but Bean will be able to turn to the owner and say, I picked the quarterback. I, if you look at McDermott's draft, like all his offensive players are terrible that they've taken. They don't have good offense, but he's, he wants the defensive guys, right? Like we've traded up a couple of times and I'm sorry, I'm going on along here, but I've thought about this. Like you have? he's identified excellent talent on the defensive side of the football. Okay. Tredavious white Edmonds. They look like they're really good players. That's what he wants. He wants to win those games 14 to 10 and seven to three. And it doesn't make any sense to draft Josh Allen if that's what you want to do, honestly, because he's like almost the exact opposite of that kind of guy. So this is my theory. Do you, do, how, what do you make of it? And the idea is that this is not a really a McDermott decision. It's a bean decision. And McDermott's just sort of, you know, grudgingly going along with it so this is this is the point in the movie where you, you yeah. know oh, no. that kaiser that kaiser soze is is uh like joe manginella yes whoever the, that guy and then right. this is where i come in and i just and i'm just looking around and i just see i just see terry pagula just walk in front of the kaiser soze <laughs> and then i'm like Wait a no, minute. no, um, because no, I'm, I believe it's a conspiracy. I think Pagula is your man. Okay. So you think it's I ownership. Think, okay. So I think it's ownership. One part of this is 
previous analytic line. Uh, McDermott hired first. Bean yep. hired second. Yep. McDermott, most important get. Who do you want as GM? I want Bean. Worked with him well. He's a good guy. He can be in charge of the roster. That works fine. Yes, technically, I'm sure there is a... And, and, and Pagula said they both report to me, if I'm not mistaken, right? It's not like McDermott reports to Bean. That doesn't really make any sense. Yes, right? you're right. They they both are sort of there, but there's also like they tried to make clear there's an understanding about the roster versus... Yeah, that Bean's in charge of the roster. And, and, and yeah, and you can have a cooperative relationship like that. But obviously, I don't think it's... I, in my mind, there's no doubt as to who where the pyre dynamic is there. And that McDermott was... was, was Pagula's choice and that Bean had a or that McDermott had a significant vote on who Bean ended up being and that it was that it was Bean himself. So so that's one. And then you get to two. So go back to the timeline. Let's go back to Frank's timeline, everybody. Okay. What did we remember from last year on the Tyrod benching? What happened Monday? I don't know who's going to start at quarterback this week. We still have to look at the tape. Right. He goes back and he strangles himself with the tape. <laughs> the closet. What happens? Tuesday. Tuesday. Tyrod is is benched. Peterman yes. put in, and that was the timeline. What happened this year? Monday for me. Monday, I was a surprise. I was like, if he's going to bench him, it's going to be Tuesday because that's what happened last year. Tuesday goes by, no benching. Wednesday happens, something different. Something has changed. It is okay. not the pattern that we have expected. In addition, could be could be spurious. Certainly not evidence. Someone was reporting today. I forget who it was. This is I'm not just making things up, but this is a real <laughs> thing. I just don't remember the details. Pagula at practice on Wednesday to watch Josh Allen work in with the ones. Okay, just putting that out there. What did we remember from the draft? You you said well, this is probably just you know fluff that any owner would say they're supportive of picking the guy that they ended up picking and that he was happy with the choice or that he was that it's you know he's he's his guy or whatever but i'm pretty sure Schefter was saying that pagula liked alan he yeah no there was a big story about pagula being in love with alan right of alan Mm -hmm. and that and then again the rest of your story makes sense McDermott doesn't really care about who the quarterback is, or if he does, he probably wouldn't want a guy who's a big, big armed kind of risk taking guy. He wants he hasn't a guy earned it yet either, by the way, probably in his mind. Certainly not. Yeah. And, 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 and obviously he was fine with the kind of the Peterman plan thinking that Peterman would be able to kind of pull his head out of his ass and get, get into a, a position where it's not, you know, he's not a, a walking black hole, um, not to go back to that. But so that, that is my theory is that, and, and, you know, the buck stops with Terry and it's his right to do it. And he might yes. be right. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, throw him under the bus for that alone. It is one of those things where if you're not a football person making football decisions, then I'm gonna guess I'm just gonna say in general your success rate probably goes down. It's just one of those things. Uh, I I don't and obviously I have no reason to expect uh, you know there's again it's not a strong case that I'm making here, but it's just you know he's got a lot of tickets to sell on Sunday. You know he's got to get people coming up to the you know he doesn't right. He's got to build a new stadium in a couple of years, and he's just bought another. Like the Rochester, he basically <laughs> owns all the sports teams in Western New York now. He bought like the lacrosse teams. Sure. Um, and, you know, I, again, whatever. It's not, you know, I don't want to like 
you know, bag on Terry Pagula too much, but I, this smells like, I, I, I agree with you. It smells like it didn't come from McDermott. And for all the reasons you put out, I just, I don't think beans, the guy, I think beans, uh, beans, the facade beans, the face, you know, he's not the, he's not the shaker. He's good. He's good at his job, but it's his job is not who the starting quarterback is. Okay. I feel like that to that's, that's all understandable. I think the only caveats against it, which are not definitive is that Pagula made a big stink about really trusting McDermott. And it seems like part of trusting McDermott when they hired him was like, they were going to stay out of the way and let him do it. Now that doesn't mean that he didn't get all hot for a quarterback and decide like, I want to see him and play him now. Um, but that sort of cuts against the idea of it. And, you know, sure. I'm, it doesn't it doesn't negate it it's just it cuts against it a little yeah no absolutely i mean and again he may not view it as he's honing in on him and he may view that he's saving mcdermott from his own worst instincts i'm sure as a successful you know fracking executive he's had people fall in love with projects that weren't profitable right this is probably what he thinks he's doing is like yeah i'm saving you from yourself let's cut bait on this guy and move on well they both sort of benefit being bean and 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 at least if you accept my position of, of mm-hmm. the Josh Allen project is like, if you do find if it, if he doesn't get injured and you do find out sooner to your satisfaction, whether he's good or not, then it's quicker to either cut bait and get to your next project or invest more so in this one. Mm-hmm. And if it does work out, Bean gets to Bean gets to be the guy that that wears that better than McDermott, because Bean is the guy who made all the moves that were necessary to take a team that didn't really have had a bunch of assets, but had to, you know, turn more assets into bigger assets to go get him and identify him and take him. And McDermott will benefit because he's the coach and it all works under his direction, but he'll also sort of be the guy who started Nathan Peterman choice (laughs) um, of his own volition. Uh, So I think that might be a good place to leave it unless you have any closing thoughts. Do do we want to wrap up with uh, this week and bills, other bills, quarterbacks? You know what's great about that is that is the genesis of our argument. Like our yin and yang arguments about quarterbacks go back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Where wherein I was you and you were me. Like, <laughs> yes. And and here we are, and he's 57 now, or however old he is. <laughs> I mean, we were we were having this fight seven years ago about yes. whether he was good or not and whether you could get to the playoffs and win football games with him. And I was adamant that if you just put enough talent around him, you could, and you're like, no, we know what Fitz is and he's not the right guy. And, um, here he is with a perfect passer rating. And what, what were his numbers this week? I'm, I'm trying to pull it up now. Uh, let's see. Ryan Fitzpatrick, his total QBR 97.5 better than Drew Brees, better than Tom Brady, better than Andrew Luck. He was 21 of 28 for 417 yards and four touchdowns. In one game. In yes. one game. They've only played the one game. A perfect 156.3 rating at 35. Um, mm-hmm. He's 35 years old. Uh, so now look, can we both agree that at some point this week, he's going to throw three picks when it matters most and it's going to it's gonna all fall in on him? Like, of course he is. That's what Fitz does. But... Holy heck, right? And Tyrod Taylor, yeah, 
now look now here's the other question a lot of people were saying well we should have held on to tyrod taylor and i don't know why you would want that who's saying that is that i'm not sure i mean i'm not even sure i would No, there were people who were like on twitter and and god bless you you know what i had a good time on twitter this week but and i didn't get involved in discussion but definitely some of the people that we follow and interact with were like well you know if we'd only had tyrod taylor and you know i just like to point out another sub 200 yard game with overtime involved one touchdown one interception 37.5 percent completion percentage okay it was a bad tyrod taylor game honestly if you're being honest a good tyrod taylor game would have been one touchdown no interceptions and about 45 percent to 50 percent uh and as as usual frank forgets the other thing which is 77 yards 77 yards rushing Okay. And a touchdown. 37.5% completion. Under 200 yards passing. Not not a great passer. No. Never has been. Kind of kind of important to the position. I don't know. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Right. So I, definitely better than this stat line, but also like like do, do we want to do yeah. that again? Like I don't know. No, like agreed. could you have could you have kept him and not Peterman and had Allen sat behind Taylor for another yes. year? I think that would have been yeah. nice. I don't know if Tyrod Taylor would have gone for it, but like, or or what it would have cost to get that get done. benched for. He's going to get benched for Mayfield by the end of the season, so. right? He's going to, yeah. I mean, it, as soon as they fire the coach, who Hugh Jackson, who says he's yeah. never going to do it. Um. So anyway, no. Uh, and then of course the other thing is it, in in this week in potentially should have been forever haunting us. Bills quarterbacks Sam oh. Darnold, who. I watched a little of that Monday night game. I thought you were going to go with the other guy, but tell me about what did Sam Darnold do? Because I, I want to tell you about what Pat Mahomes did. Another, oh, well, another forever haunting. Eventually. So Darnold, he threw a touchdown return for an interception on his first pass, which obviously not off to a great stop. But after that, he was 16 to 20 for 198 yards and two touchdowns on the road against Detroit. And again, Detroit's not great, but still like, and they they rocked them. They beat Detroit by like forty. So, yeah, yeah. Again, Pat Mahomes fifty five percent completion, two hundred and fifty six yards, four touchdowns against the Chargers. Yeah, no, I just picked them up on my fantasy team this week. So it'll be good if Josh Allen plays against the Chargers, which he will. We'll have a direct comparison. That's true. Exactly. We're gonna find out on Sunday. Prediction soon. Uh, no, I didn't put a call out for questions on Twitter. We got plenty of tweets um steven actually is it it was widely suspected a little bit did anybody expect this bad time to wisdom of their personnel moves is a franchise qb worth trading away absolutely every other asset well they didn't do that steven should the bills have simply taken mahomes last year probably yes that's probably a hindsight move it's also not necessarily a hindsight move because there were plenty of people who were saying you're gonna need a quarterback why not take this mahomes guy if he's there and you know so it's it's also a direct i don't think we were saying that but i think it was a direct passover that was happening um that you can point to um was there anybody on facebook with any any big thoughts there was there was i'm i'm pulling that up right now uh 28 287 bengals okay um but uh i mean I, I think in general, uh, pretty much everybody agreed that the Bills were a terrible team and should not play football anymore. I think that was the gist of the the Facebook comments. I'll pull up uh, 
any that seem interesting here in a second while we'll you're do doing that time. yeah i'll well it's it's an abbreviated this day in bill's history it's more of a so i found an article from 2007 talking about spinal cooling key to kevin everett's recovery um doctors are following the playbook and treating buffalo bills football player kevin everett's se severe spinal cord injury except in one notable regard, pumping icy cold saline into his veins to try and prevent further damage. Although the treatment is experimental, it is more science than science fiction and also is being tried on stroke and brain injury patients. As we know, Kevin Everett is walking today uh, based almost entirely on the work that was done by Andrew Cappuccino, the doctor at the time, the orthopedic surgeon uh, for the bills at the time. And, uh, both directly after the injury and this stuff right here. Um, mm -hmm. So he's a guy who, you know, I am sure he's still very injured and it is not the same as it was. Um, but he walked, he, he is walking last I saw um, based on what is essentially life-saving medicine. And it was, to me, um, so this article is from today. I think the game was a couple, was from September 9th. It would have been a few days before. Um, but it, to me, it's one of the most uh, powerful football moments for me in the last 20 years because it was uh, a man's life and it was something that happened on um, a stupid special teams kickoff play that has since been greatly reduced by the rules changes and, you know, still ultimately might those plays might go away. Um, but you know, 2007, so 11 years ago, this, this week, we, we were talking about how doctors were, were going to try and save Kevin Everett's spine. And if they hadn't, he might still be alive, but he might have severe brain injuries more so than any he already has and and um and just i think it's a very th moment in a week where we can lose track of what's important because we watched a terrible terrible football game um you know i just thought maybe it would be nice to remember that like you know yeah. this guy's life is okay and so um anyway that's that's what i i kind of wanted to talk about that's I think that's a very appropriate kind of this day in in in, in Bill's history and, and this day in, in life and this day yeah you know in on the podcast and you know unlike a bit uh, a Paul one nobody died so yeah absolutely as far as we but know. there's also no fun you know quiz because I don't have that kind of time that's fine agreed yeah. neither do I. <laughs> I'm looking to see if there's any new new news about him, but um, tobacco-free Mizzou committee and an MO, MU associate professor in family and community medicine. I wonder if that's him at Mizzou. <laughs> anyway, um, please uh, regale us with your 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 findings if you've if you found any. Uh, Phil, we thought this last year after the first two games that the team was bad. Mm -hmm. This team, I think, actually will be bad. This season is <laughs> all about Allen and how he develops. Agree, agree. Uh, so, so bad from Steve DeFalco. Agree. 
Diane Demansky, not too early. She agrees. Um, oh, not too early to say they're bad, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then Brian says, of course, look on the bright side. Just think of all the high-level 2019 draft picks we can trade away for a seventh in three years' time. Uh, well said, Brian. And then lots of other just kind of people complaining. So agreed, it's pretty terrible. And uh, everyone off of Facebook thought so too. The end. The end. But not the oh. end of the podcast. No, it's not. We have to talk about another football game. Um, will the Bills avoid embarrassment at home against the Chargers by Jared Hockman here on oddsharks.com? The over has hit in 13 of the Bills' last 16 games. I'm trying to find what the actual numbers are. They probably haven't invented numbers big enough to talk about. This is off the, it's, it's off the line on Vegas. There is no, there's they're no just like, it's a thousand, right? You just, <laughs> Kansas City, Miami, here we go. Not taking bets. Yeah, seven and a half point underdogs at home to the Chargers. Uh, the Bills are predicted to score 17 points. <laughs> to the chargers 24 uh the consensus here is 42 and a half points the question is whether they will get all of that on their own i feel like the chargers scored about 400 points last week themselves um because mahomes lost his game against kansas city or against the chargers he just scored four touchdowns they kind of got into a shootout um the chargers obviously have um the they don't have joey bosa is not playing right um and their defense gave up a lot of points last week they gave up 28 points to the charge or to 38 sorry the chargers lost last week to the chiefs that was it 38 28 chiefs they um lost to the the chiefs but they gave up um 38 points uh i would have thought that that was maybe promising except that already the ravens have given up 21 points so 28, <laughs> 28 so there you go um that doesn't really give me the the hope anymore. Um, Scott, how do you want to approach this? Do you want to, I feel like we're all going to pick the chargers. I don't, I think we can even speak for Paul and pick the chargers here. Um, do you want to bet whether, whether the bills get a touchdown and if so, how I'm going to say that the bills do keep this. This is not going to be as bad as Sunday's game. Okay. And four I don't four to three. I don't I don't think they're gonna cover seven though. I, I don't think that's that's reasonable. Let's let's not get nuts here. Um I will say that the Bills do kind of hang around a bit in this game, but that the Chargers do kind of just pull away. Um so I'm gonna put it at 31 to 31 13. Okay. I think I think Allen probably does get a touchdown just because, you know, maybe the chargers, you know, take the foot off the gas a little too early, maybe, or, you know, the, again, everything went wrong last week. They, the team, they are still NFL players. I don't think that they're just, you know, again, they could be Owens like, you know, teams are not going to even bad. Owen 16 Browns teams had games. They were in games that were close that they could have won to get to two and 14 or whatever. And this team could be as bad as some of those bad Owen 16 Browns teams. I'm not, I mean, my win total is down to two. I mean, that's what I'm hoping for at this point. Yeah. I mean, and you guys were at five and I said four, I think I'll stick with four, even though it was this bad. Cause I'm with you on the sense that 
not every game is going to be this bad. You're right. These people have, these players have pride. They will figure something out. They will, they will run into teams that have bad weeks. Um, I don't think it'll be this week. Although, you know, the Chargers are going east. They're playing at one o'clock. Yeah, it's the West Joey, Coast. Joey Bosa. This is um, a shot. They they definitely have a shot if they if they if Allen have a shot is, at covering. I think. <laughs> yeah. If Allen plays well, the, you know they could they could win. I I don't think that's impossible. I just don't think that I don't. You know, it's he didn't look particularly great on Sunday, and San Diego is not that much worse. So. No, I'm with you. I think San Diego is another team that no one would be too shocked if they went eight and eight. And I think that bodes poorly for Buffalo because they they don't look good. Um, I, I think they'll have some stuff sorted out. And I think that it will be a question of whether they let Allen throw the football or not. I'm sure they'll make mistakes. I think it'll be bad. Now, if you were listening to me last week, I obviously didn't pick 47 to three, but I was someone who did say, I think this could get out of hand because if the offense can't do anything, the defense is going to give up points. I didn't think it would be quite like this, but I definitely picked a two score loss. I'm going to pick the same this week. I don't think it'll be as bad as last week, but I mean, I think this is 24 to 10 kind of stuff here. Um, I don't really know where the points are going to come from if, unless, you know, like you say, Allen has a very good game. They now one of the things you can do with Allen is you can come out and throw the ball deep straight away and try and catch people off guard and push cornerbacks back and maybe make room for and, LaShawn McCoy. And and him being mobile will help the pass game because the yeah. the you know the defensive line is not going to be able to just pin their ears back and go find Peterman three yards back because he can't get away. So that will give them a little more options and that'll slow down the pass rush and yeah. that'll help the line out. And then that'll also help the run game out a little bit because they'll have to be worried about Allen taking off. So I think the other thing is if this team gives up back to back 30 plus <laughs> point losses, um, you know, McDermott's going to have to eat his camo hat because he is like, like we've said earlier, this is his pride and joy. This is why he's here for football. Um, as regressive as it is to be a defensive head coach anymore. Um, you know, this is what he does and this is what he wants. And and I'm guessing that like back to back weeks to open the season, including a home opener is not, is not going to cut it. And, and there'll be, there'll be serious heads to roll. And there's probably already been, you know, through the locker room, the defense is going to have to play better. And we've already, we've already started cutting guys. I mean, we got a new, new guard in there. Uh, we signed a new defensive end. So, yeah. So we're already making some changes around the edges here, but, um, you know, if this team's going to go to hell in a handbasket, uh, then there could be even more coming. Uh, we should wrap up. We are still, okay. So the good news is you're getting the podcast in the feed because I found a way to make anchor work with the desktop and I can upload audio. So over the, over yesterday I uploaded the episodes that were quote unquote missing from the feed. Um, our, our lost episodes that were only on YouTube for a little while. And then I will do that. So we will still be on anchor. We will not be using the anchor app, uh, for the foreseeable future. So you can go on there and you can still send messages and do the stuff that you can do on there. Um, I appreciate the, the listens. We were getting hundreds of listens, Scott, the, 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 the metrics there were pretty cool. We, they were, we were getting hundreds of plays. So I'm, I'm, I'm per episode. 
And so I'm very impressed and excited to know that we have an audience and I'm more glad that I don't have to switch everything around on everyone and make everyone go somewhere new. Um, so huzzah, you are all, um, off the hook from having to do anything. Um, you can still find us at B bills MNY on Twitter and facebook.com backslash B bills MNY anchor.fm backslash B bills MNY. You can Google us. Buffalo Bills maybe next year when actually, Paul gets actually forward slash forward slash excuse me right slash I guess it's just slash right because it's the default. yeah it's just slash um, which of course is a negative con connotation on on the word back and that's not really fair um, but uh, when Paul gets back we'll do our Google test to see where we reside on the pages of the interwebs um, but for now we'll leave it uh and anywhere else oh bbillsmny at gmail.com feel free to send us an email we do check it from time to time we would love to hear from you we would love your thoughts especially if this is going to be a bad season uh we're going to need something uh you know we can't do it all ourselves i'd uh, rather i'd rather not but if you want to read them you're welcome to fair enough all right we hopefully now will be sending you over to paul who sent us a message from spain uh wouldn't hold your breath though He's, he seems to be having a nice time based on the pictures we've seen um so if you do hear from him next great if not uh hopefully he'll join us next week uh and he'll certainly be back in a couple of weeks until then thank you so much for tuning in uh I, we really appreciate it my name is frank scott good night everyone <laughs>